wanted to be somebody who young athletes and moms could say, I want my daughter to grow up and be like that. And so the way I talked, the way I carried myself, the way I uh, interacted with fans after the game, the way I held myself on the field, all of that mattered to me. And so I just feel like this standard was set not just on the field, but off the field as well to be this example and this role model. Hey, I'm Ashley Agle. Some of you might know me as Ashley Burkhart, and I'm a former D1 and professional softball player who spent a few years coaching in the college game before deciding to put all of my focus into youth softball players and helping them make their dreams and their goals happen for them. It's our job to help them unleash their potential and become the athletes they've always dreamt of. I come from a small city in the Midwest and didn't let that stop me from making my goal of playing D1 softball a reality. No matter where you live, you have the tools to help you thrive, and I am hoping through this podcast to help you get there. On this podcast, you'll learn from Olympians, Hall of Fame coaches, and elite players what their journeys have been like, and you'll also learn from me and my family a bit of our journey through the game. I'm so excited to have you here, so whip out your notebook and let's learn how we can grow in this game together. Welcome to When the Cleats Come Off. So if you know this time last year and this time in July, we were talking about Virtual Hitting Academy. Those were the last times that the doors were open. We only open them two times a year. They're open and they will close back up on January 14th. What is Virtual Hitting Academy? This is my baby. I created it in 2019 when I wanted to help athletes from wherever they live be able to enhance their swing and their mental game all in one place. It's where we learn accountability, discipline, and the foundations of the swing and your mental game, all while being surrounded by incredible driven athletes in this community. We even have a group chat that we check in once a week to see how we're doing. What's included? Weekly live workshops from me or other guest coaches working on our hitting or our mental game, how to build that confidence, Also, we have monthly guest speakers that come in and teach some of their expertise on either of those topics. And you also have access to 30 plus drills and all prior recordings from past calls. So when we had Natasha Watley and Monica Abbott on, you can go back and watch and learn from those incredible workshops. I'm so excited for this round of VHA. Our roster keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and we would love for you and your athlete to be a part of this community. I'm excited to announce there's going to be a guest coach that is going to be coaching parents in this next round of the six months, and all of you have heard her name before, especially if you listen to this podcast. If you want $10 off your next six months of Academy for brand new members, all you have to do is go to checkout and put in the code PODCAST10 for $10 off the next six months. Now, I will say some of you may look at this price and say, "Mm, that's a lot. But for what you're getting is the price of two one-on-one lessons with me in person. And I get to see you every single week and every single month and keep you accountable towards your hitting goals for six whole months. So is it over a thousand dollar value? Absolutely. So $197 for the first six months, and then it's $97 every six months after. 
is totally worth the investing, especially if you use it like most of our athletes have in the past. If you want to sign up, head to www.ashleybtraining.com, click on Virtual Hitting Academy, and it will take you through everything else that you get to find inside Academy that I haven't even mentioned that is totally worth making sure you are mentally and physically prepared for your games coming up this spring and beyond. The most confident athlete in you is there. Now this Academy is going to help you find her. All right. I am so excited to see new members inside of Academy. And remember, you only have till January 14th to register for this next six months. Let's get to it. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of When the Cleats Come Off. Welcome to the new year. We are in 2023 and it's an exciting time to be in softball. Let me tell you, I had the privilege of sitting down with a former three-time Olympic gold medalist, two-time world champ, 2009 National Softball Hall of Fame inductee, three-time first-team All-American at Arizona. Are you getting the hint of who I sat with? Leah Amico is on the podcast. I'm so excited that she is here and she spent some time with us talking about a plethora of amazing things. That is just the perfect way to start off the inspiration of a new year. In this conversation, we talk about her Olympic journey and what it was like being on the dream team, if you know way back when. I don't want to age anyone, but there was a dream team, and Jenny Finch was on it, Lisa Fernandez was on it, Leah Amico was on it, and she shares what it was like playing for this team, and we also talk about the traits that she believes every Olympian has. I really loved her insight on this. We also talk about her favorite acronym, G-O-L-D, and how we can live it out, which is the gold standard in our everyday life. It goes over things like leadership, goal setting, overcoming obstacles, and more. So if you feel like you might need a journal or something to write down during this episode, this is definitely going to be your time to go grab that. We also talk about the greatest lessons that her parents taught her growing up. And as you always know, there is so much more goodness that we found and talked about on this episode. I'm so excited for you guys to meet Leah Amico. I was honored to meet her today, and I cannot wait for you guys to learn from her right now. Let's welcome Leah to the show. Leah Amico, I am honored to have you as a guest on the podcast. Welcome to When the Cleats Come Off. Thank you. I'm excited to be here with you, Ashley. Me too. I loved getting to know a little bit about your podcasting journey because I know it's a new one, but it sounds like you're loving it. I am. So I'm enjoying it. It it stretches you. I'm sure that you've experienced that as well. It definitely is stretching, but that's what's fun. Us as softball athletes, it's like the, like it's the grind and it's the change of it that that almost drives you. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, I would be doing all the listeners injustice if I didn't ask you to share a little bit about how you became an Olympian. Um, we've had a few Olympians on the podcast before, and I think everybody has their own unique journey through the game. And I think a lot of people can take away from it. So if you don't mind sharing a little tidbit of, you know, how you how you got to that big goal of yours, I'd love to hear. 
Yeah, well, as a young girl, I started playing here in Southern California. When I was 14 years old was when I won um, my first national championship with a team out of Southern California. And winning that national championship, that was the first time uh, I realized like I wanted to get a college scholarship. That became my goal. I thought... I thought softball was a means to an end. I loved it. I loved being with my teammates. I also loved soccer. I loved it probably just as much. But softball around high school age started opening a lot more doors. So I got recruited by just a handful of schools, not many, but when it's the right ones, it's okay if it's not a lot. And Mm -hmm. Arizona happened to be one of them. And I was recruited as a pitcher and a first baseman. So my first year, I went to the University of Arizona and we ended up getting to the national championship game at the Women's College World Series. And again, I was 18 years old thinking this is the best thing ever, like better than I could have ever imagined. And at this point, um, at the World Series, we had a star pitcher, Susie Parra, uh, All-American. Kid. She was a junior. And so I was just the designated player at that point at the World Series. I The entire tournament, I just hit. Well, I was in the number three spot at that time. And we're playing Lisa Fernandez, UCLA. She's a senior. The expectation was absolutely for their, them to win. Well, it was a pitches duel. And they Susie only gave up two hits to UCLA, but Lisa only gave up one hit, but it was my hit. I got a hit off of her to uh, bring in Amy Chelvold, our leadoff hitter. She got on an air and then was moved to second. And then I got a hit off off of Lisa. And to this day, I'm like, that was like a game changer. So for me, like we win the national championship and I think, okay, this is what it's all about. Like nothing better. And not long after that, they said softball is going to be in the Olympics for the first time ever. And I really believed since I was able to face Lisa, and like get that one hit. I just, yeah. I felt like I can be on that team. And that became my goal. And so I started being invited once they opened that process to um, different uh, Olympic festivals. They had 60 women, younger and older women who had been on the national team for a long time. I, my sophomore year at college, I ended up making basically the second, the B team, the the national team went to Pan Am Games. We went to a Pan Am qualifier. I went to Guatemala, was the leading hitter in that tournament. And then after that, and, and so then one last part of as well was my sophomore year, Coach Kandre at Arizona moved me to outfield. And I tell everybody the importance of buying in and taking advantage of every opportunity, no matter how challenging it is. I was learning a brand new position, had never played it before. And it was my sophomore year. And by the end of that year, I was I caught a ball over the fence, saved a home run against Kim Marr, one of my Olympic teammates. Uh, and Fresno. That was my coach in and- college. No That's way. crazy. All <laughs> yeah. world. And so Kim always hit well against us. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I was very thankful when I played with her on Team USA. And so here I was in the outfield. And that's what opened the door, even though I didn't see it at the time. I didn't know it. And so I got to the final tryout out of, what, 52 women, I believe. They named 15 of us to the first ever Olympic team. And I just remember thinking... Okay, this is my shot. This is everything I've always worked towards. And I heard somebody older saying, oh, this is a time for the older athletes because there were a lot of women who put their lives on hold. But I remember thinking, no, it's not about age. I, I'm going to go out and give everything I have. I deserve to be on that team too. And at the end of the day, seven people were making that decision, right? They were naming the team. And so the goal was just to leave it all on the field and trust the process. And I was blessed and fortunate to make Team USA. And then after that, every year you had to try out. And then every year I would make the team again until my last Olympics in 2004. Wow. That's such a unique story. And it's crazy that it took until you were in college to realize that you wanted the Olympics because it was finally in front of you. You know, we're in a season now where we don't know when we're going to get it back. We hope it's when we host the Olympics in California. 
But, you know, it's crazy because when I was growing up, I wanted to be an Olympian from like very young because I was watching. So Caitlin Lowe is like my all-time favorite player of all time. And the only time I got to watch her, I don't want to age myself, was during the World Series or during the Olympics. And so, you know, being able to watch somebody do their thing and play a similar position as me and look a little bit like me and be on the left side. It's crazy. You didn't even have that. It was just, I want to go play college. And then, oh, this there's a thing here. Let me go see if I can do this. I think that's so crazy and cool. Did you have any role models? I mean, growing up, maybe that didn't play in the Olympics, but that inspired you to want to be as good as you could at the college stage? Well, I didn't even have access like you talked about. That is aging myself, but I'm going to tell you, okay, this is crazy. I'm a lot older. So when I was in high school, I literally was listening to the game on radio at the yeah. when Arizona was playing. They came off their first national championship and I it was just different. So my freshman year, they were putting the final game on. That was the only game. And it was Mm -hmm. tape delayed. It was tape delayed. And so I remember thinking, oh, my friends at home are going to get to see it. But that was the difference. And so I would hear, here's what would happen. I would hear about these star players. I would hear about Gordon's Panthers. They were one of the top travel ball teams. I would hear about Lisa Fernandez. I ended up going to the same pitching coach as Lisa. So I would see her in the summer before I was facing her and knew kind of that whole experience. So mm-hmm. like you mentioned, being able to see Caitlin and and somebody you can relate to, like people say, if you see it, you can be it. It is different, right? Than thinking, okay, I'm just going to figure this out and just take this passion and this love and this drive. And be when I hear about the opportunity, I'm going to make that happen. I really didn't have those women to look up to. I didn't know those, those old athletes because they were not they weren't televised. They were not in front of me. And so I respected, I think when we got to go to some tournaments where the older athletes were playing, I was able to watch a little bit, but it wasn't enough to build these true role models like athletes yeah. have now today. And so that's what was exciting about the Olympic team or the college teams now. These young girls can see them and say, that's who I want to be. That's what I want to do. Now, I will say you playing for the dream team, you kind of set the standard for role models. <laughs> like you're playing with, you know, Jenny Finch, who I hope to get on the podcast one day, but she, but she is still the face of softball, which is wild and crazy. But, you know, as somebody on the dream team, as somebody's role model, what type of responsibility was that like? I took it as a huge honor. And to me, the gold standard, I talk a lot about the gold standard, but it really is that excellence in every aspect of life. I've been around some top athletes, elite athletes, and they don't care about how other people view them. They don't care about choices they make off the field. Their thing is, I'm going to go play and I'm going to be great. And that's that's enough. I personally, and it, it's fine, everybody has their own choices. I wanted to be somebody who young athletes and moms could say, I want my daughter to grow up and be like that. And so the Mm. way I talked, the way I carried myself, the way I uh, interacted with fans after the game, the way I held myself on the field, all of that mattered to me. And so I just feel like this standard was set not just on the field, but off the field as well to be this example and this role model. Well, you do an excellent job of it still. Like, I feel like you still take on that role and responsibility. I have a question about, you know, you've played on the best teams, some of the best, like literally there are magazines with your team on it. So I want to know what qualities those teams have or had, and maybe they were unique to each year. I don't know. But what are some of those unique qualities that make such a great and elite team? 
I would say one is drive. The drive and passion to be your very best no matter what. And what that looks like is extra cuts, extra practices. You know what? When it's not my best day, I'm going to put more time in. What do I need to do? Hey, so-and-so, can you go out and hit with me? Because I need to get some reps in. That's what. That's one thing. Uh, I would say team unity and chemistry was huge. We might not have all been best friends off the field, but I will tell you that when I was on the Olympic team, I remember thinking... I've never been a part of a team that's got along so well on the field. Now, I say that to say we had moments, we had times Mm -hmm. because we're all human, right? Where things came up, but how we dealt with it was much more in a mature way than maybe my collegiate teams had. And I played on really good collegiate teams, but that's important. Basically, the team vision was put before individual visions. And I don't think you always get that everywhere you go. That was important. Major belief. Everyone who was there might have had moments of doubt because I I don't know. I personally believe most people do, some less than others maybe. But at the end of the day, I think every one of us believed not only that we were you know, the ones to be on that team, but that we were bringing home the gold medal. I I think if we just thought, well, we hope to get bronze, I think we would have played at a different level. But it was gold or nothing. It was literally the gold standard. So, So unity, belief, that drive, which I believe is that passion. And then, and then just the growth mindset. I'll tell you, because I again, I, I've I've been involved with many different aspects of our game at a lot of different levels, and I've mm-hmm. seen some top athletes who are not coachable, and I'm mm. like, that is one of the reasons I became an Olympian. I know it for a fact. And when I would talk to my Olympic teammates, I was helping coach in the pro league for the U.S.A. Pride, and Natasha Watley, I'll never forget. She's like, Leah, I'm a little bit off. Watch me. What am I doing? She was my former teammate, but the respect. And so we would ask each other. We would ask our coaches. We always wanted that edge. And so it was always trying to learn and grow on and off the field when it came to our sport. So I'd say that's the fourth thing. Yeah. And you mentioned that buy-in earlier that allowed you to change positions literally in college and still be able to save a game. I had a similar experience. I came in as an outfielder at Purdue where Kim Marr was my head coach. So crazy. And I was, I played shortstop in high school, but like my, my love was the outfield and we had like an all American outfield when I got there. So this freshman probably not going to play, but I, I knew there was an opportunity at second base. So I kind of picked up this position. I'm like, well, if I played shortstop, I can figure out second. And I ended up being the starting second baseman and then moving to first base after two years, which another position I have no idea. But if you put the team before yourself, it's easy. You know, it's an easy transition. You know, it's it's going to be tough trying to learn something new, but like because you have this gold standard of like team before everything. It's like just do it. <laughs> you know, like do what's best for the team. Yeah, I love that. <clears throat> I love that you say that because uh, I saw that on our our national championship teams at Arizona. There were a lot of athletes that got moved around. And when they bought in, we began, we I I have a teammate who was not a big name in our sport, but she was a three-time first team all-American at three different spots. I was at two different spots as well. I went back to first base my senior year. So I pitched one year, was center field two years, and then first base my final year. And I love you saying that because it really is when you buy in, the opportunities just absolutely grow for you. And so many people don't want to buy in when change is involved. They actually push against it because it takes us out of our comfort zone. But Mm -hmm. you saying that just tells me a lot about I'm sure how you've gone on to do other successful things because it really is part of who you are. Yeah. And that's one thing that I try to still coach to my young players now. It's like, 
just get get used to the uncomfortable. Like if I'm giving you a new drill to make you feel and look kind of silly, well, just buy in. You never know. Like, and sometimes, you know, that that becomes their favorite drill. And now they're excited to learn something else that's new. But I think that's, you know, a lot of coaches listen to this. That's that's your job. It's like push your athlete out of their comfort zone because we both have testimonies of us going to college and really having to shift, you know, positions and our mentality. So I love that. Here's my small attempt on singing. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Yes, it is around the holidays if you are listening to this in December, but this also means that virtual hitting academy doors are about to open again, and I have to talk about it now because I'm just so dang excited. If you don't know what virtual hitting academy is, let me give you a brief rundown. You can get more of this on my website, but essentially... It is a one-stop shop if you want to become an elite hitter. You can learn in live trainings every single week how to enhance your swing and your mental game. You also have access to live monthly coaching from guest speakers. We've had guest speakers like Monica Abbott, Aubrey Monroe, Hannah Huseman, who's working in the MLB right now with mental game. Sue Inquist has talked to our parents. This is my pride and joy. It is something that I developed during COVID. Actually, I developed it before COVID, but we've really enhanced it during COVID because we realized what do athletes need? Athletes need to have the tools at their fingertips. And these are all of them. If you want to become a great hitter, we talk about mental game. We talk about hitting and how to become more confident You even get access to my 14-day confidence course simply just by being a member of VHA. Now, doors don't open again until January 1st, but if you want access to some freebies, behind-the-scenes action, some even discounts, and early access to be able to become a member, there is no obligation to just join my waitlist. So you can head to www.ashleybtraining.com slash waitlist or head to the link in the show notes to join the waitlist and get a hold of some of these freebies starting as early as next week. I'm so excited to see who wants to become a member of VHA, and I would hate for you to miss an opportunity to enhance your physical and mental game this first half of the year, because this is a crucial time of the year where you are preparing for your spring seasons and you need to be on your A game. So head to www.ashleybtraining.com slash waitlist to be able to be on the waitlist and get access to this before anybody else does. And again, there's no obligation to be on the waitlist. I cannot wait to see who's ready to take their game to the next level this January. All right, let's head back to the episode. Okay, so your favorite acronym in the world, it seems like, is GOLD, okay? So your podcast is called The Gold Standard. That acronym, you've talked about it on your own podcast, but I would love to hear your breakdown of the acronym G-O-L-D because I think it's, it's a game changer and it's simple, but it's, it's something that if you adopt, it could be so beneficial for you in your game. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about just the process and, and us as Olympians and how we were successful and 
one day I was just thinking and literally it just popped into my head. And so it's an acronym. So G stands for goal setting or goal oriented. And so goals, you have to know what your goal is. I found in my life that when I know what is expected of me and I know the goal, then I can set the plan that gets me there. But if I'm like, well, I just want to be successful (laughs) and you just leave it open-ended, most likely I'm not going to do much at all. And so the people like, so when I got to you know, Arizona, it was national national championship. That's what our goal is. But obviously it's daily. You got to get better and there's things we got to learn and, you know, team chemistry along the way. And so now I've learned that and I've been able to, you know, apply that to my personal life. What do I want to do as a speaker, as a writer? What are what are my goals? What are my dates? You know, what am I striving for? O stands for overcoming obstacles because there is that perseverance piece and you have to be resilient. What we just talked about, Ashley, is that changing positions, going through change, being able to adapt, being somebody that's consistent even when it's not going your way, being a problem solver instead of somebody that complains and makes excuses and, you know, and the work. So overcoming obstacles, when you have that heart and that resilience, you're going to find ways to be successful. And then L stands for leadership because I look back and If it wasn't for the leaders, we would have never ended up. But the leader also set the vision and the goal that started us. And then individually, we had, you know, goals. There's leadership that comes from within a a group, a team, a company. And then there's leadership, obviously, in the people that are leading the team. And so there's those different levels. But every one of us has the ability to be a leader. And that's Mm -hmm. what I think is important as well. And then the last thing, D, D stands for dedication and drive. And I was like, you know what? This is the action component because you can have so much potential, but if it's not the daily grind and the commitment and being willing to make sacrifices, when you're driven, when you are dedicated, you'll find a way. And if I think about Olympians, and that's one of the things I didn't mention, is I will say they did the most work when nobody was looking. That's what champions are. That's what they do. If you want to see people who have gotten to the highest level, when you listen to people like, you know, Kobe Bryant and you listen to people like Michael Jordan and you listen to people like Derek Jeter and and just just unbelievable. Lisa Fernandez. I'm gonna tell you right now, Lisa Fernandez <laughs> was one of the most committed, disciplined, dedicated people I've ever ever met. I trained with her in my last quad. I'd actually had my son and I came back and her and I, here I have this baby over in a playpen crying and her and I are at this gym with this personal trainer and I'm going to the bathroom and throwing up because I got to get my body back in shape and he's just crushing us. And I will tell you in those, gosh, from having my son, maybe six months leading up to making that next world championship team in 2002, after taking you know that year off to have my son, I trained with Lisa. It made me, I believe, even better than I was before. And I had two gold medals. But that mm-hmm. one-on-one being next to a champion like her made me that much better. So dedication and drive. So goals, overcoming obstacles, leadership, and then dedication and drive. Man, that testimony about Lisa gave me literal goosebumps. Like, it does matter who you hang out with. Like, it, it it's crazy because a lot of, you know, youth players also listen and, you know, the amount of times that I was even, you know, bullied or told like, you're never going to be good enough, blah, 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 blah. And I used to hang out with those people every week. And then I realized like, that is not helping me whatsoever. Like I want to be around people who grind, people that have big goals for themselves, people that can see and have optimism about, you know, their future. 
It is super important for this. For those of you listening that have not taken in or really done a little, like a recall on like who you hang out with, do it. Like spend that five minutes and be like, is this person helping me on my journey or hurting me? Because you simply giving, you know, the most prime example of Lisa help made help make you the best that you could be. And then you had a bunch of other teammates on the Olympic team that are all, you know, same vision, same drive. That is so big. That is so big. And okay, so it is we're going to be airing this, you know, one of the first few weeks of the year. So in 2023. And literally the first one is goal setting. Is there like a specific way you like to goal set like now or in the past that has helped you reach those goals? I know you you talked about creating a plan. Yeah. So for me, I really try to be specific about what I want the end result to be. And so, you know, if I'm obviously again for softball, like I said, it was, you know, the national championship. And then it was like, okay, I wasn't this specific. I'm gonna tell you an example, like a hitter. So I would obviously mine was quality at bats. So I just took, mm. you know, stock in what are my quality at bats like as a as a hitter. So my goal is to, you know, have 90% quality at bats. If I, you know, have a bat at bat, okay, I throw that one away. But one of my teammates that I loved how she she was more specific than me. She would say her goal, she was a leadoff hitter. One of the years, Amy Chelvich, one of the years she led the nation in um in batting average by far. And she said, as a leadoff hitter, her goal was to get one hit a game. Okay. So that doesn't seem so crazy, right? Like instead mm-hmm. of, oh, just a game three for three, but one goal. So she would say, so if I got to hit my first at bat, I'll be like, awesome. Okay. Now I can add to that. I'm going to go, you know, I want, I want two or whatever. She's like, but if it was a game where I was 0 for two, I was like, okay, that's okay. I still got another, another at bat. I loved that mindset because it pushes you into positive. Now for me yeah. recently, actually, uh, in this stage of my life, I actually have a vision board. And so I put on my vision board, uh, and for me, just more in the speaking realm, uh, well, a book. I have I have my book that I want to be writing, and I have, you know, a couple companies I want to speak to. <laughs> and I have a few things like that. And then, you know, even financial goals. Now, I've never done that in my life until this past year. I had somebody working with me and said, hey, write this down. I'm like, what? Write down what I want to make financially. And honestly, it it is impactful. And so I had never done that. So that's on my vision board and then my family because that is priority. And so for me, it's a vision board of these very specific things. And then from that, on paper, I'll kind of write down things that need to happen. What do I need to do each month? What do I need to do each week? And then I'll make it more specific. For those of you listening, she was literally looking to either her left or her right at her vision board. Like it is literally up on her wall. Um, And we've talked about creating a vision before, but like literally when you see it, just like we were saying earlier, you, you start to like live in that, like you're already there almost. So you like to go with the big and then kind of work backwards. I think that is, you know, I've heard a lot of people say that is the big way to do it. Probably the best way to do it like create the baby steps along the way. So that is super inspiring. Now, overcoming obstacles. I think this one, it's like easier to say than do. Don't you think? Like it's easier to say, oh yeah, like when a challenge arises, I'm just gonna run through it. But like, does it take a special person to be able to overcome obstacles or does it just take reps? Okay, so I think it's it's how we view things. I think it's our mindset. It's funny because well, one of the things talking to Mike Candrea, my college coach, Arizona and Olympic coach, he said, one of the things I noticed about all of you Olympians were you all were problem solvers. 
as soon as there was mm-hmm. a problem, you guys immediately got to work, like figure that out. Okay. So maybe that was right. How we were kind of wired a little bit, let's say, right. You're, you're figuring out so that you take those challenges, right. Against pitchers, different things. But what's hilarious is my husband <laughs> I was talking about being a problem solver on one of my recent podcasts and my husband listens to my podcast <laughs> and he lives <laughs> in the house with me, but what, we were in the car and my son was, you know, talking about something and kind of complaining. And then my husband's like, here's the solution. And then my husband's like, see? And, and I was cracking up because I was laughing because I'm like, oh yeah, normally it becomes like an argument and there's more going on. And he was like, immediately solution. Here's the solution for you. And I was like, yes. Okay. I'm going to definitely keep up with my podcast if my husband's going to listen to it. I love that so much. I wish my husband listened. He only listens to ones that I tell him to listen to, but he's taking your advice. Like be a problem solver. I love that. I love that so much. I don't know if I totally answered that, but here's what I would say. I think we can all get better at it. I think the mm-hmm. the biggest thing is us recognizing what do I do when things get hard? You know, do I just sit and complain? Do I make excuses? Because a lot of people do that. And so it's recognition. And then what am I going to do with that? And then that's why, how can I solve it? So when I hear other people, I'm immediately, I notice this in my regular life, I'm immediately like, you know, okay, I want to step in and here's what I need to do, take action in this direction. Yes. Beautiful. Now, leadership and dedication and drive, we definitely touched on, but you have an entire episode in your podcast about this acronym. Can you tell listeners about the podcast itself, uh, maybe the vision of that podcast and what you're excited for? Yeah. The vision of the Gold Standard podcast with Leah Amico, because there's a couple that say Gold Standard. It really is to highlight core attributes and characteristics that help people become champions, that help people succeed in every aspect of life. And so I do like talking about how to overcome self-doubt, how to overcome fear, because so many fear holds back so many people from the potential and they can't turn mm-hmm. it into performance when they're very capable. Just things, you know, I want to encourage people and motivate them because like you talked about, Ashley, who we hang out with or who we listen to can be a a game changer for us. So early on in the podcast, I think we did about 18 interviews and episodes with elite athletes. A lot of Olympic gold medalists with softball, Olympic gold medal coach, Mike Candrea, Patty Gasso, national championship coach from Oklahoma, as well as I I was able to interview an Olympic luge athlete who was in four Olympics, a MLB player, a former NBA player. So I was able to interview these athletes who had played at the elite level in what they did, but were able to share those, again, core characteristics. I've shifted more recently to three times a week. We were only um, releasing the episodes once a week in the past, but now it's three times a week. And I just do short, quick, motivational, inspirational, hopefully filled with wisdom thoughts that I have that I believe have helped me to be able to do so many different things as a commentator for college softball, as a speaker, as an author, as a coach of the junior national team for Israel, all these different areas that are so diverse. And yet I'm able to take that standard into every aspect. And so my goal is that people are going to listen, be encouraged, make some changes, and ultimately live out the gold standard in their life. As an avid listener of the podcast, those are all the things that I get from it. So I am not just saying that your podcast is great. I literally listen to it at least once a week. And what's so cool is you have so many different topics. So like whatever you're kind of going through right now, you can always scroll back and find it and kind of, you know, talk about leadership, talk about, 
you know, goal setting. So huge fan myself. And I'm so honored that you were able to come on this podcast. Now I will put the links to your podcast into the show notes for people to find. Do you have a quick minute to answer a few five to thrive questions that I have for you at the end? Yes, I do. Oh, beautiful. Okay. So a lot of parents, like I said, listen to this podcast and they want to be better for their athletes. What are some core lessons that your parents taught you growing up? Hard work always pays off and to trust the process. That was something that I believe I learned young. They were not trying to make a way for me. They let me make the way, but they supported the work that I was putting in and they put me in the best environment to put the work in. Mm, So did mine. Great answer. I love that. What's your favorite thing about the game? Mm, the challenge of it. <laughs> the challenge. Caleb loves the, sh- the same thing. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Uh, the challenge and the struggle. It's weird. Why would I like that? Right. But when you win, like it's that competitiveness. And so if I'm up against a challenge, I did honestly, I did terrible in really easy games. When the game was the biggest and most on the line, that's when I usually played my yes. best. And so that challenge, because you just find out what you're made of. And to me, being in the biggest battle is what, what's the most fun. I am realizing the longer I interview you, the more I see myself in you. So this is crazy fun. If you could describe your game in three words or less, how would you describe it? Okay. Consistent, joyful. I loved playing. Kendra always says you always saw Leah with a smile on her face. And <laughs> teamwork. Mm-hmm. It's all about the team. I I thrive on being with other people and lifting them up and being lifted up. Now, you mentioned you didn't have any softball role models, but who was like the big one that maybe you had like a poster of, you know, in your bedroom that mm. you wanted to be like? No, I didn't. I think I had like <laughs> boy band pictures or something. Okay, so did I. So did I. <laughs> but you became the role model. So that's the cool part. I did. And, you know, I, I think more than anything, it's funny. I listened to Jenny Finch talk about it. Her dad was such a big um, Dodgers fan. So was my dad. So was my dad. Mm-hmm. Kirk Gibson hitting the home run in the World Series. Like, oh my gosh, I'll never forget that. And she was a lot younger than I was. But for me, I think that's what you saw was just this excitement. My, I was the oldest of three children. And my dad didn't have a lot of support. And he loved baseball. So when he got me in and I took to it, it was really fun for him. But Mm -hmm. sports, and it's just like my husband, like they just go crazy, right? Like when something good happens. I mean, we were Mm -hmm. yelling yesterday at the World Cup, watching the World Cup, right? The best final ever. Mm -hmm. And for me, like at the end of that one, my heart's pounding. So the idea of just this these moments that I know, like, oh, I know what those moments feel like. And then you're watching them experience it. And so, yeah. So I would say like the Dodgers growing up in terms of just like that, in terms of athletics. Mm-hmm. The team. That's awesome. Last question I have for you. What is one action item you hope people take from this interview? That every one of us has an opportunity to be a difference maker and that we can use the gifts God's given us. For for me, it was softball. The fact that softball literally has taken me around the world and continues to, it blows my mind. So whatever that gift and that passion is, don't hide it any longer. Go out, figure out what it is, listen to these podcasts and get inspired to take action because Ashley, you doing this and you being able to share is impacting so many lives. And there's probably a lot of people on the sideline that are like, I wish I could do that. And I want them to know you can go do Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. 
I hated public speaking. Here I am behind a mic. Thank you so much, Leah. This has been such a gift to have you on the podcast. Um, would love to have you on again, maybe in the future. Not when I we had to wait for my dog to finish grooming and it shortened up the episode. But seriously, the work that you're doing is so impactful, not only on you know youth players now, but even me as a coach. So just want to thank you so much for your work and keep it coming. Thank you. And keep making a difference, Ashley, because what you're doing is important and it's needed. And we all need to be reminded of just those really quality points. This game is amazing and the people we meet even more amazing. So thank you very much for having me. Wow. There were so many gems in this episode that I'm going to have to go back and re-listen because when she was breaking down goal setting and how she looked at quality at bats and the things that she was talking about with Mike Kendrea, holy smokes, there was so much knowledge in her, which why would you not want to go listen to her podcast? When I say I listen to her episodes one or two times a week, I am not joking. I'm not just saying that. They are epic. And especially her interviews with Patty Gasso talking about championship mindset and Mike Andrea, he's sharing all the things about practice and what he thinks great team culture is. There is so much knowledge that you can learn from her podcast. So if you want to go and check it out, you can head to the show notes and find everything about that there. I'm so excited. She said she's coming out with a book and I think it's going to be absolutely epic. We've also agreed that once it comes out, we will have her back on the show. So if you have questions that you would like to ask Leah, go ahead and DM them to me so we can start preparing for that next episode when she comes back on. Wow, this was so much fun. Thank you again for tuning in to this episode. If this was your first time listening, you started off with a bang. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. If you don't know this, in the show notes as well are similar episodes of the podcast. Maybe other Arizona softball players are in the show notes as well if you enjoyed this episode. If you enjoyed it, please, please, please write us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. They greatly help this podcast be able to reach new ears from literally all over the world. I think we are currently listened to in about 12 different countries, which I can't really wrap my head around, but here we are. Thanks again for tuning in and don't forget to stay awkward, stay humble, keep smiling and keep working towards those goals. Leah said it today. It requires tons of grit and tons of determination to make it happen. But I promise you, if you keep your head down, you will get there. All right. I will see you guys again next week.